0: good evening everyone how are you tonight we're so glad that you're here with us welcome to Christ Fellowship and the North Georgia Revival we start every single service with the reading of God's Word so go ahead and grab your Bibles tonight let's welcome Pastor Karen as she comes to read the word amen we're celebrating
1: the Lord Jesus Christ tonight amen so good to have you at the North Georgia Revival The Lord is with us. Tonight is not any different than any other night. He is with us. He will not disappoint. And we don't want to disappoint Him. We want our focus and all of our attention toward heaven. Amen. If you'll grab your Bibles as we honor His Word. This is His love letter to us. Go to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. If you have your Bible, grab that so you can follow along tonight. He is with us. We're going to praise and worship Him because He is worthy of that. Amen. The Scripture says in Psalm 84, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. This is a story. This is a song. And you know, the songs are songs of Israel. They are the songs of Israel. This is the hymn book. The book of Psalms is the literal hymn book of Israel. And so many times there there are different types of psalms. This is an ascension psalm. A psalm that they would sing as they were going up to Jerusalem, going up to the temple. And this happens to be a psalm when they were going up. They're out of the seven feasts. There are three that they were required to go back to Jerusalem to celebrate and one of those was the Feast of Tabernacles and this was written for the Feast of Tabernacles and so they're going up, they're all ascending, it was required for every Hebrew to go back, ascend and go back up to Jerusalem and celebrate and the Feast of Tabernacles was a celebration of God's provision in the wilderness. They was celebrate his provision in the wilderness. But any time you see an Old Testament text like this and it talks about the courts of God, you know, they're just wanting to get back to the temple because for them, it was in the tabernacle of Moses and in the temple of Solomon and in the temple of Zerubbabel, and I'm going through time here, and finally in the temple of the days of Jesus. That's where the presence of God dwelt. See, the presence of God didn't dwell in those days like it dwells in you because you're the brand new temple. But he's saying in this text, I want you to just hear the language of the psalmist. Oh my goodness, if I could just get to the temple. If I could just get to the temple. If I could just get in the court. So they, And this is another thing. They could only go in so far. Only the priests could go into the holy place. Guys, even knowing that, all a Hebrew wanted to do was get to the temple. Just get me in the court. Can I just stand outside the gate? Because I know that that temple, somewhere way back there where only the priest can go, he dwells. And the Bible says that he's let the sparrow come in. He's let anybody come near and come to that dwelling place come You know, move up close to it. But what I want you to see and to realize tonight is this all represents His presence. You know, there's some of you tonight that have come. You've come to the North Georgia Revival. You've come to Christ fellowship. You've come to this building. And you know God resides on the inside of you. You know that. You know you're the new temple. You know you carry Him everywhere you go. But you know, sometimes deep on the inside we say, if I can just get to the temple, I could just get in this building, if I could just get with my brothers and sisters, because my faith is low, and I need somebody to believe with me, if I could just get into the courts, if I could just come into the gate. Lord, I know you dwell there. Lord, I know you're doing something in these ancient portals. Lord, if I could just get there, I know you're going to meet us. Well, church, I'm here to tell you tonight, he's here, and you have made it to the You have made it to his presence. You've made it to his manifested presence. And we're here to push for you and to pull for you and to intercede for you and to push in for you. And you're going to receive tonight. Amen. Father, we lift our hands. And Jesus, we fully understand that we're the new temple. We know you reside on the inside of us. We know that we are walking temples. That was your perfect plan to come. And as you ascended, you left us your precious spirit, your Holy Spirit. So you dwell on the inside of us. We get that. But Lord, we also know that there are those times, God, that if we could just get to the temple, if we could just get in the courtyard, God, if we could just get in the Threshold. We know we can get in here together. These are tribes within a tribe. And we get with our brothers and sisters and we press into you. And so we thank you for your presence in this place tonight. And Jesus, we totally invite you to do whatever you see fit to do. And we're going to cooperate with you tonight. We're going to co-labor with everything you want to do. Come, Holy Spirit, and manifest yourself in this temple tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said man Let's worship the Lord. Come on, give Him all you got tonight.
2: Let's go. Come on, let's get out from behind our seats tonight. your worship with us.
3: Who am I that the highest would me? I was lost, but He brought me.
2: Still being moved, strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe it, yes, we can see it. And wonders are still what you do, and bodies are still being raised. Giants are still. We sing are still being raised, giants are still being slain. and God we believe it, and yes we can see it, that wonders are still what you believe, and are seen. Yourself tonight you it? when you, is when you is Come on one more time, no music, every voice we sing.
3: a new future to tell, for the dry season is over, there is a cloud beginning to swell. See the skies heavy with blessing, lift your eyes.
0: reminding me that in the early the early months of revival there were several people that had open visions of water in the altar area and it started off in that the water would just lip over like the first step like a like the ocean would come in and go out and it would just lip over the first step these are in the first few months the first few months of revival that people had these open visions and then as the revival increased, it's like it kept going up the steps. And I feel like the Lord wants us to to remind us tonight that He hasn't gone anywhere, that He is still in the altar, He's in the baptismal. And a life verse for me says, His perfect love cast out all fear. And I know that so many people come in here with hurting hearts and fears and anxiety especially this time of year, it's so hard on so many people. And I feel like the Lord wants to remind you tonight that his perfect love is here and it's moving like waves in the altar and it's crashing over like a flood, that it's crashing over like a flood. So if that's you and you're in your seat tonight and you haven't felt him a long time, You might want to move somewhere in this front area because it really is something about taking that step of faith to move where he is. And we're going to sing this again. We're going to sing like a flood.
4: Jesus, holding
3: on to you.
5: those hands as high as you can all across this room tonight on week number 97 of the North Georgia Revival. His presence is here. Father, our whole desire tonight is to honor you, to magnify you, to lift you up. And Lord, with our voices, put you in your rightful place. Father, we give you this room we give you this platform everything that you desire to do oh God whatever it looks like it doesn't matter to us whatever it is perceived to be it doesn't matter to us all we ask is that your kingdom come that your kingdom come Compete with your will tonight, O oh God. for thy will be done on earth, in this room, as it is in heaven. Hallelujah, He is here. He is here tonight. Oh, what a presence of the Lord. What a strong, tangible presence of God. There'll be times in the next few moments, even as we're speaking and as our guest speaker ministers, if the presence of the Lord comes upon you, just come to this altar. Because there will be surgery that will take place tonight, even before the altar call. He is that strong in this room tonight. I count to three. I want us to shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. And our clap our hands unto the Lord. Are you ready? Father, you're worthy of all of our praise. We hold nothing back. On the count of three, we're going to clap our hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. One, two, three, go. Right now. To Michael Brown this past week. Many of you may know him, Brownsville School of Ministry. He was a component of uh, the revival that fell in Pensacola, Florida. He was so inquisitive of what was going on here in Dawsonville, Georgia. He can't wait to be here. He'll be coming in March or April of some time, and he'll be pouring into us on the morning service, evening service in our Canale Ministry Training Center for all of our students. So we're thrilled about what God is doing in and around the world. He is here. Hallelujah! Greet about 10 people around you, shake their hand, make them feel welcome tonight. Welcome them to the North Georgia Revival. Oh, it looks good tonight. Hey, awesome. you may be seated in the house tonight. You know, it is nights like tonight and over the next two weeks as we wrap up 2019 that we will see unusual and unprecedented miracles. It is toward the end of the year and it is a sacrifice to get here at the North Georgia Revival because your schedule will stretch you. There will be a demand on you. But we will see miracles happen in these waters tonight, and even at this altar. How many of you believe that tonight? How many believers do I have in the room tonight? Yeah. Who is here tonight? Who is here tonight? That is uh, out of the country. Anybody? Do we have anybody that has tra- that's traveled from out of the country tonight? It may be just folks in the United States. Where? Right here. Where are you guys from? Ontario, Canada. Come on. Yes, I remember talking to you this morning, took you two days to get here, two days of driving. We're so glad that you're here. You're going to get in the waters tonight, and the Lord's going to wreck you. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that. Anybody else from out of the country? Yes. Korea. Thank God for you. Yes. Yes. Wow. That is so sweet. Who is here from out of the state? Raise your hand. Anybody here from out of state tonight? Where are you from? Right there. Tennessee, all right, let's give it up for our Tennessee friend, anybody else, right over here, Mississippi, in the very back, Maine, wow, thank you, thank you for coming, yes, Oregon, wow, did you drive or fly, yeah, that's smart, all right, I didn't know (laughs) Yes. Virginia. Oh, right back here. Alabama. Yes. Right there. California. Wow. Welcome to Dawsonville, Georgia. We're known for three things. Number one, NASCAR racing. Number two, we have the highest uh, waterfall in the state of Georgia, and we're known for moonshine. Yeah. Yeah. Right here. Where are you from? Illinois, welcome. Yes. Yeah, we're welcome. We're known for moonshine. We have our moonshine festival every year. It is a.k.a. Firewater. Isn't it amazing that God sat down in a church just like this and set the water on fire and gave a new meaning to firewater? Come on. Yes, that's just like God. That is his his personality, I'm telling you. It is a thrill for you guys, uh, for our staff, our elders, our host pastors to uh, welcome you to the North Georgia Revival. You will not be disappointed tonight. Let me tell you how things will operate this evening. We're going to preach the word in just a few moments, and then we're going to give an altar call for those to uh, experience the Lord in baptism. And what you'll do, you'll come this way up these steps, and then you'll receive a letter in A, B, C, D, whatever the letter is. And then up on the screen, you will see when it is your time to be baptized. It will be all the people with the letter A's. You will come, and then it will say letter B's. And then you'll make your way up on the stage. But you'll get your letter and then exit the stage. Go back and have a seat. Get ministered to with our altar workers. We'll be opening up the altar for prayer uh, after our invitation to be water baptized. So just want to make sure that you know that. Would you welcome my wife, Karen, as she comes with a couple of announcements right now. Praise the Lord. My
1: goodness, I love to sing about King Jesus, don't y'all? Man, that was incredible. Atmosphere is set. The Lord's going to speak to us tonight. Very, very quickly, just a couple of things. Two things I want to mention tonight. Uh, ladies, don't forget, coming up in January is the Women's Conference, the, uh, January 17th and 18th. You will want to go to ngrwomensconference.com. That's North Georgia Revival, ngrwomensconference.com. To register for that, you've got to register to attend. It is $20 a person, Friday night, all day on Saturday. We conclude on Saturday night. We will baptize Friday night and Saturday night. And then again, uh, uh, have our regular full day of services on Sunday, baptize on Sunday night. So you do not want to miss it. Last year, we had about a 1,000 ladies in the building. We pretty much crammed everything into one day. We're going to spread it out a little bit this time, do a Friday night service. So come and be with us um, at the Women's Conference in January. Secondly, I want to mention coming up the uh, the first week, I guess the first complete week of January, January the 7th, we are beginning and kind of launching our Caneo on Demand. Now, this is something that we've always wanted to do, and so we're at a place right now we are Uh, We are kind of testing the waters a little bit, and uh, we're moving forward with this program. This is Caneo on Demand, meaning that you can take Caneo at your own pace, in your own setting, at home, online. Everything will be packaged. It's fresh material. It's the material that I'm just now finishing for year one. So had you been in the year one class... You would, be, uh, you would just be finishing New Testament survey. That is the information you're going to have. It's what we just completed, and it'll be packaged that way all year long. So go to our website, Coneo MTC. You'll have to register and uh, hop online to do that. But this is, as I said, a program that we've always wanted to do. We're in a position now we can do it. So if you can't get to the campus, or maybe you work too far, you're out of state, now, if you can get to the campus, we want you to do campus classes, and they'll start in the fall. But if you can't, this is the program for you. Maybe your, uh, your work schedule won't allow you to be with us on school nights. This is a way that you can still get the impartation, still get the information. So check that out at kaneomtc.com.
5: All right. You know, it is, it is a wonderful thing to hear testimonies of people whose lives have been changed as a result of meeting Christ in the water. And right now, I just got a text a few moments ago from a church in Louisiana that baptized close to 80 people, 80 people this afternoon, this afternoon, in between services. And God meeting people in the water with signs and wonders, restoration, life change. Just in Nortonville, Kentucky, the same thing happened. Savannah, Georgia, Wednesday and Thursday, the same thing happened that's happening in these waters. But a few weeks ago, more than a few weeks ago, around week number 34, something dramatic happened in a couple. And I want them to come and tell their story. I want you to stand to your feet and help me walk, uh, welcome Mitchell and Jillian Jones to the platform. Would you guys come? Let them know you appreciate Wow. You may be seated. Come on up here, Mitchell and Jillian. I want you guys to come here and their precious baby. So you guys have encountered the Lord here in Dawsonville at the North Georgia Revival in these waters. It first started with you, did it not, Jillian? It did. Tell us about that.
6: At week 34, I was baptized. Um, it was the most amazing Presence. Um, I was unable to walk before I got to the water. And after I got out of the water, when I got to my car, I had to sit there for like 30 minutes and wait to drive. I came here by myself. Um, and it, God touched me. I felt things leaving my body. Um, they had been there. Um, I, I really didn't know why I was getting in the water. I just knew that I needed Jesus and I needed Him right then. And um, I just had a baby a six. She's now 16 months old, um, Charlotte. And that's kind of where his
5: story comes in. Yeah, but before this, uh, what's your past life? You said, you told me that you had been addicted to drugs before.
6: Yeah, I had been a drug addict um, for 10 years.
5: So your marriage, or you weren't married at the time, right? The two of you? and But you were in a relationship. Tell me about that.
6: At, well, at the time I got baptized, we had been for about a year and a half
5: before that. And so you get baptized, and then, Mitchell, you come to the North Georgia Revival, and uh, I think we've got a picture or two of you being baptized. There you are in the water. What week was that? Do you recall? That was week 44. So 10 weeks, two and a half months after she came and got baptized, you decided to get into the water. Was it something that had happened to her that Encourage you to get there, or did you just simply hear
7: what God was doing? Well, so I I did see the change in her, and I said, "I I do. I want what she has." You know, I said that it's incredible. I saw it was like night and day. I didn't even know she was, and and I just fell in love with her all over again. And and so she took me to church, and I received, you know, Christ as my Lord and Savior. The very That was that was um, Sunday morning at the church at Warhill, and then we came here the, that night, and, and I was sick. You know, I was I was really addicted to drugs for ten years, eleven different treatment centers. I mean, I, I was really really bad off. Nothing had worked. I had tried everything, and I get you know I accepted Him as my Lord and Savior, and I get baptized, and I, I've been clean ever since. You know, <laughs> I really have. <laughs> yeah. It's only because of the, it's only because of Jesus too. It really is. Uh, I just wanted to, to thank my wife. Though. Thank you so
5: much. You know, if I'm correct, I'm going to make sure you guys were not married. Child together, married. you have an encounter with the Lord. He gets born again, and then what ends up happening?
6: Um. Well, I'd like to say Pastor Marty looked at me when he got baptized, and he's like, "Don't you get it? Like, he's never going to be the same again." And I'm like, "Really?
7: <laughs> really?"
6: And I didn't quite understand. Um, but God had asked.
7: So how long have y'all been married? Uh, We got married on March 30th of this year. March 30th of this year. Praise God. And God did for
5: you, and we we rejoice with every drug rehab program. We rejoice with every um, ministry that helps get men and women free. They're on God's side. They love people. But isn't it amazing that sometimes one step into the water changes everything. What would you say to people that are here tonight and you're thinking they're struggling with an issue, it may not be drugs, it may be something uh, that they can't seem to overcome. What would be your instruction
7: to them? Before I came you know, came up here at Parade and, and God gave me a word, and it was happiness. And it was happiness was the word he gave me and I Unhappy, and He gives me the happiness, and I've been happy for over a year now—happy, true happiness. So you can choose to be unhappy, or you can choose to be really happy every day
5: with Jesus. <laughs> Come on, stand on your feet. Let's extend our right hand toward Mitchell and his beautiful wife Jillian and their two precious children. Father, I thank you that that you have touched them. That you saved them, Lord Jesus, and then you met them in the water. I thank you for the full, complete cooperation of churches of like mind that will preach the uncompromising message of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that they felt the liberty that they could come here and encounter you in the water and not be disappointed. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, let's give God one more hand clap of praise. You may be seated. Thank you guys so much. Praise the Lord. Ushers come forward. We're going to receive an offering now before we get into the word tonight. We want to welcome also all of our friends that are watching around the world on the ISN Network and uh, the Sid Roth, It's Supernatural Network. We love Sid. We love all of their staff. Would you put your hands together and let them know you appreciate them? Viewers from all over the world, all over the world. And uh, tonight... It will be a supernatural transfer of God's presence and His glory coming through that television screen, that computer screen of yours on your phone. Just be prepared to receive it. Now, before we receive our offering, I want to encourage you, especially, I want to see a show of hands. Who does not have this book right here speaking in tongues? Who does? Raise your hand. Be honest. This is not a trick question. I'm not trying to trick you to do something. Okay. Now, keep them up. If I told you, $13 investment would change your life. Change your family. Would you make the investment? Praying in the Holy Ghost in tongues, which some of us are struggling with, struggle with that title itself, you can put your hands down, is a part of the armor of God. Every Christian has the ability to pray in the Spirit when they get baptized with Mary, the mother of Jesus, prayed in tongues. You ever thought about that? Not only the Mary, mother of Jesus, but Peter, James, and John, and Paul, who wrote two thirds of the New Testament, prayed in the Holy Ghost. God thought it was necessary enough for Jesus to say this in Mark chapter 16. He said, The believing one shall speak in tongues. Not the Pentecostals, not the charismatics. he simply assumed that if you were going to be a believing one that you would follow the pattern set before you. It was a given. Get saved, get baptized with the Holy Ghost and the gift of tongues will come on the inside of you and you release that and you pray in your prayer language. Grab this book. It will change your world. Hallelujah. Grab it, please. I cannot wait till January that is our missions emphasis where every dollar given on Sunday night will go directly to missions our goal is $100,000 that this, this church along with our host pastors and their churches will see $100,000 into the foreign mission field so that means between now and January that we need to take up some really strong offerings because every penny every penny in January we will sow it into the mission field how many of you believe that's God's will I mean, if you believe it's God's will for us to take care of missionaries and missions, activities around the world? So I'm going to encourage you to help us between now and then so that we can see life change just like what we have experienced with Mitchell and Jillian and how they have encountered the living God. So I want you to help us tonight in your giving. You can give text to give. It'll come up on the screen, text to give a secured way to give. Everybody give tonight. Give sacrificially. We are believing that there are people here tonight that can underwrite an entire service of around $4,000 to conduct a Sunday night service. And if you could do that, your business, that would be much appreciated. That would help us to prepare for January. The last week of January, I will have a gentleman here by the name of Kenneth Bay, South Korean. Who would take prayer walks into North Korea government arrested him and he spent 2 years in the North Korean prison hard labor and eventually was let out he is coming at the end of January to tell his story i believe that heaven's going to open up over this house simply need 100 people to give a thousand dollars and it'll be done i think that we're going to do 150 to 200 thousand dollars and every penny will go to missions hallelujah are you ready so let's give into the offering tonight you'll have your plenty of opportunities in january to so if you're looking for an end time of the end of the year gift you can make that donation to the north georgia Bible. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to sow seed tonight. We are anticipating a mighty move of your Spirit. It will continue. It will continue to flow. It will continue to build. I thank you, Lord, that all of the people here tonight will leave this place touched and blessed. We are super encouraged. Hallelujah. We welcome your presence again. In Jesus'
6: name. Amen.
5: Let's receive our offering. It's my privilege to be able to introduce to you someone that Karen and I have grown to love, a couple that um, are now a part of the Christ Fellowship Church family. I discovered Os Hillman years ago, nearly two decades, Os and your writings. I think you're one of the most prolific authors that God has gifted to the body of Christ. If you don't know who Os Hillman is, it's O.S. Hillman. I would encourage you to research and to go to Amazon and buy everything that he has because it will wreck you, change you, and increase you all at the same time. But Oss is not speaking tonight. His lovely bride is, Miss Pamela. And we are thrilled to have her minister with us. I got to know her when we had lunch one time with um, Aus and my wife and Pamela discovered her story. As I said this morning, every speaker of the North Georgia Revival, we have felt a particular leading to bring them into into the revival to speak. And I sensed the presence of God so strongly when I invited her that I knew what would happen this evening. There will be breakthrough tonight. There will be breakthrough tonight lives, how many of you would like to have breakthrough in your life, your family, come on now it's going to happen tonight I need you to do me a favor I want you to pull out your phone and I want you to share the link of the the North Georgia Revival because you're going to want to have this story coming into the devices of people that you love Christ Fellowship Dawsonville is our Facebook page and you can go there right now, Christ Fellowship Dawsonville find the live link if you will and share it or you can download the Orange app, the ISN app, It's Supernatural app, download it, and we are live being broadcast all over the world. So I want you to make sure that you share the link. Christ Fellowship, Dawsonville. So without any further ado, I want to introduce Miss Pamela Hillman. She will come immediately after this short video. Turn the lights down. This is her story. God bless you.
8: Thank you. Oh my gosh, I get so excited every time I see the video. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, are you ready for breakthrough? Are you really ready? Do you know it lives inside of you? The breakthrough is inside of you, it's one decision away. You have to make the choice. So, let's get ready. Okay, Oz? <laughs> oh, it's behind me. Oh, you guys tricked me. <laughs> okay. I'm used to a clicker, okay? <laughs> this isn't a clicker, so bear with me. So I have to tell you about my grandmother. I had a praying grandmother. And if you have a praying family, that is the key to your life, and be the praying family. It's important to pray for your children and your grandchildren. My grandmother, she played piano for the church 65 years. She would cook for the pastors that came to the home. And uh, this one jolly old pastor, he comes over and he puts his hand on me. And he says, this one here is special. She's going to do great things for God one day. But the enemy heard that. The enemy heard that and knew this one here is special. Special. We're all special in God's family, we're all special. When the seed is planted, that was an impartation. I didn't know it at the time, but the enemy came in to steal that seed. And it was through my dad. So I was outside playing and there was this little puppy. I have a heart for animals. So I bring this dog home and I said, dad, can I have this? I'm five years old. My mom and my sister aren't home. He said, come upstairs with me and you can have the puppy. I've taken naps with my dad before. I don't think anything about this. I go upstairs, lay down, and then something happens. So I go running out of the room, go downstairs, and my puppy was gone. It got untied outside, but the seed was planted. I could get what I want by going upstairs. The enemy came in right after the impartation. Now watch this. Listen to this story and follow. Because you're going to see the enemy's tactics in this. And that's the whole point of the message, is to know the enemy's tactics. We have to know him, right? It's just like in in a battle. You have to know the enemy's tactics. Okay, so... By the age of five, it was my dad, it was my uncle, then it was my godfather, and the godfather was the worst, and it continued on, but uh, I was told that I would be killed if I said anything, so who said anything? It wasn't me, and actually, after I did tell my mom, she didn't believe me when it was with my dad, and then uh, my it started happening with my sister, and then she finally threw my dad out, and then I thought, I caused that. I caused my dad to have to leave, and I wasn't going to have a daddy anymore. So, the shame and the guilt and all that started piling up, and it was all through that trauma. Watch carefully. It's a trauma that the enemy brings. So, I've been kidnapped, tied up, choked, beat, raped, ran over, and to uh, go uh, shot at, but let me tell you the grace of God, when there is when you know, I knew Jesus was in me. I had a praying grandmother. I accepted Jesus as a child. I didn't know what that was. I mean, she took me to Bible study, but I didn't really know what that was. But he was with me. When I was shot at, I was sitting in a chair. It made a complete circle around me. The chair had holes in it. The, the uh, picture above my head was shattered. I knew, I knew, I knew. My grandmother was praying for me. There was an angel in front of me. I knew it. I went running out of the room crying. Um, My liver, I was in so many car accidents. I was in a body cast. I was molded uh, in this body cast and in this wheelchair for a long time. And they said I wouldn't walk again. But God, I mean, I run today. This is God. This is the power of God. There were so many things, I was, I was in the hospital for my liver. I did cocaine for 35 years. That destroyed my liver. I would drink, I would do cocaine. I would drink, I would do crack. And it destroyed my liver. Three times I was in the hospital. One time I was on the dying ward with the AIDS and cancer patients, and I didn't even know it. And they said, I said, uh, why am I on this ward? And they said, you're dying. I said, well, you know, can I get another liver? (laughs) And they said, no, you don't have enough time. You have about six months. So, um, you know, but God, but God, he has another plan. So uh, I got involved in in dealing cocaine, large amounts uh, through this Columbia mafia guy. And um, I did some, I kicked his door. And so he put a hit out on me. It was a stupid thing. (laughs) But, I mean, really, this is a Columbia Mafia guy. And it doesn't matter what you do when when that happens. But somebody that worked for him contacted me. And then I just, I was at a point in my life I didn't care. And I went to him. I always carried a gun. And I just said, you know, do whatever. But I, I can't live with carrying a gun and sleeping with a gun under my pillow and showering with a gun. I, I just can't live like that. You know, I, I'm here to reconcile something, okay, or do, just do it. <laughs> so I, I got tired of running, and uh, I did this for 35 years. I was in such destruction. Everything that I did, every guy that I turned to, it was the same guy with a different face. I, there were so many things the enemy had built inside of me, the shame, the guilt, the, um, it was always everybody else's fault. It was my dad's fault. It was my, my mom's fault for not watching over me, right? It's always somebody else's fault. So we blame everybody. But watch out what words you're listening to. The agreements you're making, they're going into your soul, and you're speaking them out throughout your life. You've got to be careful about your words they have power. They really have so much power and and that's the enemy's tactic. He wants us to build that shame. It's layer upon layer. The guilt, all the condemnation and you can't get out of it. You're in this confrontation within and I'm going to tell you about the confrontation here shortly. And um so I I had this big house. I had the Hummer and all the vehicles in the drive and I was uh with drugs comes prostitution, but, and, and you build your world, but you're miserable. Everything, I had everything. I had the 1800 stamp collection, a big coin collection, gun collection, Vehicles uh, just a big house and all this and I was miserable that did not make me happy. I people would come over I would be sitting on the bed or sitting on the sofa and uh, I would have my Bible open next to me or in my lap. I would have a drink next to me I would have a crack pipe or a line of cocaine there and I'd be watching TBN or Sid Roth or you know I'd be watching the preachers and they were like, how can you be watching that And I'm like, well, if I'm not watching that when I'm, they said, how can you be watching that when you're doing that? And I said, if I'm not watching that when I'm doing that, I'm never gonna be watching that because I'm always doing that. And I know that is the only thing that's gonna get me free of this. So I said, (laughs) I've got to hear the word. I've got to. The word was in me. And I knew Jesus, and I knew he was the only, only one that could get me free. I knew that. So I was like, if you don't want to hear it, go to another room. I'm not turning it off, <laughs> you know. So uh, that was my point of surrender. I was praying. I said, God, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you put me in an institution, put me in jail, I'd been to jail over and again, over and again, over and again, but I didn't know he was gonna do it quite this way this time. (laughs) So my point of surrender was to go to prison. (laughs) So, but this is the thing, oh my gosh, it was so beautiful though, because when you really surrender and you're asking, you're saying, God, get me out of this, but then you get pulled over, they don't find anything, but you go to the bathroom and, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, I thought you wanted this to be over. And I said, I do. And he said, well, tell them about the drugs you put in the backseat of the police car. <laughs> and I said, no, I'll get another charge. And I was only, they were only taking me to jail for a violation of probation. So it was my choice. Did I wanna be free at that moment? That was my decision. I had to, no matter what the consequences were, I had to say, I'm ready. I went out there and I told the officer, I put drugs in the back of your car. He blew up in this inflamed red face and said, you idiot, you're going to get another charge. I said, I already knew that. And, uh, but I didn't know this. They tried to give me 20 years. And I'm like kicking and screaming and saying, no, God, that wasn't our (laughs) deal, you know, but thank God, because it wasn't for me. It wasn't just for me. It was for me, but it wasn't just for me, because when I was there, uh, like I said, uh, my 20 years, God's so, so full of grace, because I got five years God graced me with five do three and I spent 18 months. And I might add that 18 is my number now because my birthday is December 18th and you can go ahead and wish me happy birthday. <laughs> um, and I was in for 18 months and I got out on November 18th. 18 means new life. Yeah, praise God, new life, yes. So let me tell you how he did it, okay. My point of surrender was in prison. And um, I was trying to get treatment and all this stuff, but I'd been to treatment before. I knew that was just to shorten my time. And then when I finally surrendered, I said, um, use me. Use me in here. Keep me in here as long as you need me, Lord. Because he was speaking to me. He told me. He said, this is your college campus. I have brought you here to train and equip you for what I have prepared for you. I said, use me, Lord, I am yours, and that's when I said, hey, this is my first mission field. Man, I was giving out these prayer sheets. I started this class called Daughters of Zion, Women of God, Using Your Time Wisely. They wanted change so bad. They were so hungry. They saw me happy all the time. I was like going around skipping and and just happy. They said, how can you be happy? You're in prison. I said, I'm not in prison anymore. I was in prison out there. I'm telling you, man, the enemy is such a liar. He wants us to stay in a prison, this invisible prison of unforgiveness. I mean, it is so prevalent. The offense that's going on, oh my gosh, one little offense and people are like, I mean, this is a hatred. This is what the enemy is doing. It's a seduction, okay? And he's in the airways. we got to be mindful of this. Amen. So uh, he said, So I'm studying all these psychology books and self-help books and recovery books that I got sent in and and I'm like, I gotta figure out what is causing me to go back to this insidious drug, you know, I mean, I would have almost two years clean. I was even in seminary, you know, and I would relapse and go back to the drug, but it was it was because of the insecurities and a lot of the wounds that hadn't been addressed from the men because I would sleep with a guy and then I would go back to using. So I, I was like, okay. You know, even when I was celibate, I was like, I cheated on Jesus, you know, it was terrible. It was a, it was a, it was a living hell. It was an inner hell. So, um, I'm studying all these books and the Holy Spirit spoke to me in my room. He said, the only thing that'll change your old mindset is the word of God. Memorize a scripture a day. I said, I am on it. I did it. And, and I have a book. This isn't the one, but I'm actually creating that into a book. After, um, well, my other book is written in and, and edits and it will be done, it will be out, my story book will be out in um, spring. We just say spring. But anyway, so the other book is about this size, but I started from the very beginning of it, and I went through the entire book to the very end. It took me an hour and 40 minutes every day to go to the very first scripture I ever memorized to the very last. If you are intentional, if you want to have a change, you've got to do it on purpose. You've got to get up and make that decision and say, okay, today is a new day, and I've got to do this for my own self to change. So I'm in prison, and I'm just like talking to God everywhere. You know, I'm sitting on the toilet, and I'm holding this toilet paper roll, and and, uh, God gives me a revelation. And uh, he says, the center represents Jesus coming in. Holy Spirit fills you. The outside of the white of the toilet paper is our soul. What are we going to do with all of this? garbage that Satan and the world self has put in. The shame, the guilt, the condemnation, the jealousy, all the anger. What are we going to do with it? It's the sanctification process of tearing off the sheets purposefully. You've got to do it every day. It is an act of your own will to do it. So there's the toilet paper roll. God said, some people have to have it a little more simple, right? <laughs> Something to remember. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> so he said, the Lord spoke all the time, praise God. And he said, the I want you to write down every name of everybody who's wronged you. I didn't remember some of the names because I'd been raped. I didn't know their names. But I wrote down the incident and started praying in the spirit over them because i, I my prayer was, God, get them. That was my prayer, okay? <laughs> and I was like, you know, you're a God of vengeance, right? <laughs> so, uh, so, he said, just put your hands on the paper and pray in the Spirit. Because I had Holy Spirit since I was 26. So, and, and that was part of my sanctification. I've been in the sanctification process since I tried to commit suicide in 26, when I was 26. And then, Holy Spirit came in. So, Anyway, I don't advise that. (laughs) He'll come in without having to do that. Uh, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, so I, I put down the names on the paper. I'm praying in the spirit over it. And something happened in me. It was in me. Every name. And he told me to put my name at the end. Then he gave me this analogy to look in the mirror and quote scriptures and say who I am who I am in him, who he says I am in the word of God. And you got to do it on purpose. This is all on purpose, y'all. You got to be intentional about your, your sanctification, okay? You're already saved. You got Jesus, but this is a process. So forgive. He says, my heavenly father will do the same to you if each of you does not forgive your brother or sister from your heart, Okay. I couldn't do it from my heart, so I let the Holy Spirit work through me and pray over the paper. Okay? But get this: I had a lot of sickness. I had a lot of stuff going on in my body. Hand it over to the torturers, the evil one, when you have unforgiveness. You have sickness, you have disease? Your mind is, is, is feeling, uh, you know, you're schizophrenic, whatever, whatever, whatever. The enemy has come in. He's a torturer. You've allowed him. You've opened the door for him to come in. And it's through unforgiveness. We've got to release it. You've got to release the unforgiveness. So my steps to forgiveness, writing on the piece of paper, Had to forgive all these people and myself. Took me a long time. For a couple of weeks, I just prayed in the spirit over it. (sighs) I gotta tell you what God did. So many people I saw on that piece of paper, and I'm gonna tell you this impactful story toward the end, but God released them from my soul. They were entangled in my soul. I saw it in the spirit. It was an entanglement. And and as I prayed for them, I started praying for their salvation, for their healing, for their minds to get right. Those who raped me, what's going on with them? Why do they do that? And I'll tell you the story in just a bit. Okay, so when I get, I'm going to tell you this one of 1%. So when I get out of prison in 2010, my son, who is here with me, praise God, he's getting baptized tonight. And uh, yes, pray for him and his fiance, Mindy, Chris and Mindy. Yes, pray for them. Um, God has reconciled us. But um, so I, I went to get life insurance because, you know, I still got a little bit of stuff, doubt, I guess, and thinking, man, I've been through, you know, a lot of stuff's gone into my body, so I need to uh, take out a life insurance policy for my son. So I go, and, and uh, they say, you have to go to the uh, doctor and get the blood work. So they call me. This nurse calls me, and she says, I thought you might want to know about this. And I'm thinking, Uh, oh, yeah, I knew something, right? And she said, well, you are one of 1% of the Americans with 100% health. I said, what? I said, say that again. I said, what does that really mean? And she said, there's only 1% of Americans that have 100% health. I said, are you sure you have the right file? (laughs) And she said, yes. And I said, that's God, it's all God. He's done that because I pressed into him. I released the people that wronged me. And he released all of that garbage from me. One of 1%? Really? So prison became my launching pad to freedom. Didn't matter how long I was in there. I told him. These women were coming up to me after my class, the Daughters of Zion class, and they were saying, you don't know what it's like, this happened to me and that happened to me and I did this and that and I'm like, well, I did that, maybe not to that extreme, but that happened to me and and I can relate, I can relate to all these women. And I'm like, wow, I got it now. I know why I had to go through all of these things. So they're saying, well, how do you pray? Well. The Lord taught me to praise Scripture. He says in Genesis 1:26 that I'm created in His image, right? And He also says in Isaiah fifty five eleven, "So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth; it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it." What are you sending out of your mouth? What are you sending? You're, you're created in His image. We gotta watch our words. But your words are coming from your core belief, so you got to know what's your belief system. It's 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 deep. It's okay. So uh, I created these workbooks, and um, I was like, okay, I was on this module for change, and um, oh, it's it's a it's great. It's on identity, everything. But um, so I Googled change. I needed an acronym, and. They were horrible. (laughs) So I prayed and the Lord woke me at four in the morning and he says, choose habits around new growth every day. Wow, choose habits around new growth every day. Gotta be intentional. You gotta do it on purpose. So it's rewiring your brain, every bit of it. Every day, every night when you sleep, you're rewiring your brain with something. You get up in the morning, you get on Facebook, you're rewiring your brain to the negative. Okay, you've got to be intentional and get up in the morning. We, oh my gosh, I get up and I go in the day room and God's given me so many dreams and revelations. I had uh, one dream where I was in the day room, the Bible was in my lap and I fell asleep. I don't ever fall asleep. This morning I did. And the Bible starts breathing, y'all. It's breathing. It's alive. It's in my lap. And it is alive. It is alive. It is. And then all of a sudden on this side of the page, the, uh, the words, they're lighting up like gold. Down here at the bottom, they're gold. Over here, they're gold. Down here. And all of a sudden, they raise up. They come together they make another sentence. And I heard decoding the Bible. And then Oz walks in and the day room door opens and wakes me up and I didn't get the sentence. I said, Oz, I said, you woke me. (laughs) So, so Satan tried to destroy me, but almighty God restored me. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. Not only me, but he has restored my relationship to my son. Christopher, will you please stand up? I know you weren't expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, part of my guilt, part, part of the condemnation that, that was so deep in my soul were things that happened with him that I allowed to happen because I wasn't the mother that he deserved. And that, that just, it's still, you know, it still has a place. It's not a wound anymore, but it's a love place that I, he's such a good boy now. And, and he's not a boy, he's a young man, he's 37. But <laughs> anyway, he'll always be my boy. So, um, okay, for 20-something years, let me tell you the power of your words. 20-something years, an off-throw prayer, I never really prayed this, But when somebody would ask me about my mom, where does your mom live? And I I would say, she lives in an apartment, we've lived in an apartment all my life, you know, and and she's never had a house, but I'm gonna buy my mom a house one day. And I felt it every time I said it, I felt something ignite inside me, I knew it. I knew, I didn't know how, I never knew how it was gonna happen, but I kept saying it, it's the power of our words. They are so critical, y'all. I didn't know that I was going to buy her a house 6 months after I got out of prison but God did. So my dad, I got reconciled with my dad um while I was in prison and he was writing me but he had to mention he started it, it was really bad. So I said, "Dad, I'm going to come take care of you. I'm going to I'm going to live with you." And he got so bad that um they contacted me and said, he's in hospice and he's not going to make it. You're not going to get out in time. Well, I did. I prayed and I prayed and I said, God, I got I to gotta see my dad one more time, please. So, so I got out on Thursday, got to see him on Saturday, and it was as though he was already dead in this chair. His eyes were all hazed over and, and he, was, he was six foot, like four, and he was like a little four foot guy. It was horrible. But, but I got to caress his face and I got to tell him I forgive him and he started crying. He was waiting for me, and he died the next day. So I know the power of forgiveness, but I was given a safe and it had $65,000 in it, and I knew what I was gonna do with it. I bought my mom a house. It's appraised at 170,000, we got it for 62,000. It's actually in the book and in the workbooks too, the story, but all these stories are, but um, it's the power of your words. You know, you've got to speak the word. This is my my journal that I created that has nothing but the word. These are His promises, covenant promises. Dig them out of the word. If you if you don't have time to, I'll loan you my book. <laughs> speak them out every day. They have power. And I was praying for my Joe, my Boaz, <laughs> my Boaz, and um, and God took me to a mountain for a year, and then I. got this epiphany. I mean, I knew Jesus, you know, he's my Lord and Savior, but I didn't know he was my husband until I got on the mountain. And then he's my husband and I quit praying for my husband to come because I have a husband. Two weeks later, God brings me my husband. (laughs) It's like, it's the pressing in. It really is. God's amazing. So, um, The the puppy that got loose, the puppy that got loose off the fence when I brought him home, God multiplied. (laughs) I didn't intend on having five dogs, I didn't. I found a Maltese and poof, there it goes, (laughs) you know? But God did, (laughs) praise God. So these are some of the women. Um, This is our Daughters of Zion, women of God, using your time wisely. this is what we do. We have, um, well, this is the prayer sheet. This prayer sheet is anointed, y'all, okay? Go to the website, download this, this prayer sheet because I went to my room and I said, Lord, you've heard the request. They need a prayer sheet, and so, uh, 40 minutes, there's something about praying in the spirit, 40 minutes. I'm telling you, 40 minutes, because I, I was actually, God did so many miracles. I was leaning over somebody's bed in the prison, and never, ever have I been on her bed. You don't do that. You know, but God led me to pray over her bed. She was in a horrific accident. Everybody, I mean, some people were killed in it. She was, on, she was in an off, um, outside detail. Okay, and a whole van full of women. And um, some of the women did die. Some of their arms and legs are off. And, but she saw angels, this bright light in the van, and she was in a bubble and saw angels, and nothing happened to her. Not one scratch on her. And I was praying over her bed at the exact same time the accident was happening. And, and it was 40 minutes. Okay. There were so many miracles that happened. There were women that they, they had demons. Okay. And, and the Lord told me, I mean, she was singing and then she had this choir inside of her. And I was like, wow, that's beautiful. And it was like, wow, it sounds like a lot of them in there. And, I, and the Holy Spirit said, those are demons. And I was like, well, she's praising. And he's like, they're demons. So I went down and I told the pastor at the service and they said, "Well, we'll pray over her, anoint her after." And she was—I mean—convulsing, and they made us all get out. But um, let me tell you, we never K building and A building never get to come together. We got to see each other ne- the next day in the cafeteria, and the Lord orchestrated that because she said the demons choked her every time she got on her knees to pray. She couldn't pray even five minutes. She stayed up all night that night praying. God did that, he delivered her, he heard her prayers. So many stories, so many stories, so many countless women that the Lord led me to that, that had pentagrams on their stomachs, I mean the Lord just led them to me too. And he always had me in this upper room and I was like, I like that, upper room, thanks. So, um, well, the Lord birthed their ministry. It's Chabar Ministries is our umbrella, but Life Changers Legacy is what he gave me when we went to the mountain together, me and the Lord. (laughs) So, um, and he says, those among you, those from among you shall build the old waste places, right? That's us. You shall raise up the foundations, right? That's us. It's not, we can't, we can't wait on other people. We gotta do this. This is a community. I tell you what, I feel so blessed to be in this church. I am so blessed, guys, I'm, I'm telling you, God led us to you guys. And I, I know the anointing and I feel the anointing so thick in this place and I'm honored. I am so honored to be here. So uh, we're the repairers of the breach, okay? It's not just people in prison that are the breach, it's your neighbor. It's your the person you're sitting next to. We all have a condition, we all have something, okay? And we need to be praying for one another and loving each other through it, not judging. This judgment thing's gotta go. So the Lord's taken me through a lot of courses and it's all for preparation for, for the women, to know, to, to be prepared, to be geared up and trained And uh, I have a great team. I have a a lot of guests and and family team over here. Can y'all stand up for me, please? Just, just, yeah. So we have have a larger team than that, but I'm thankful for my team here and my family. Yes. So in my recent ordination is, uh, I'm a chaplain now. The Lord told me to become an ordained licensed chaplain so that I can go in and come out and do for his glory, for his people. So through the different workshops, different counseling classes, everything that I've been in training for, for the last 10 years, got out 2011. So it's been nine years. um, I've created this workbook series and it's to go back into the prison. So each woman, we're now in the men's prisons too. So if you want to be a mentor, we do accept men mentors as well. But this is the thing. I wanted to go into the prison. We, we had Governor Deal and, and Lieutenant Governor Cagle. They loved the program. They were like, yeah, we're going to give you your own dorm. But then we had security issues and, and different people. Uh, it, it was just not what God purposed. So I waited on the Lord, prayed into it on the mountain. I tell you, those mountain experiences Are important don't just like the dark place it's important and I tell the women when I go into the prison in the men's prisons I said this is your cocoon you know this is your place of solitude he's brought you back to him it's an important place we have got to know when we're in that dark place it is an important place because he is in the secret place right so these workbooks came out of my story, my certifications, and, and I do have a lot of other people's uh, material in here. I've got a couple of authors' pieces, and uh, we, we provide everything that is necessary for the psychotherapy. It's all therapeutic interventions, meaning the psychotherapy, the TREM model, trauma recovery, empowerment model, the cognitive behavior, everything. But it's infused with the Word of God. The word of God is who heals, right? Without the word of God, there there are all kinds of programs. Like you said, they're good, but if they don't have Jesus, they're only a little stepping stone to get there. This is deliverance. This is breakthrough. So we want to, so each woman gets this workbook and we provide a mentor for them to walk alongside. So the mentor gets a workbook as well. The Lord told me it's a two-edged sword. Both are getting healing. So, and we all have something. So, we rely on mentors and partnerships. Let me tell you, just trusting in God for everything. We go to a national prayer breakfast. And I'd been on a 30-day fast, and this was day 35, and I hadn't had chocolate yet. And I said, I think I want some chocolate. <laughs> and we were on the elevator getting ready to go upstairs, and and I, I told us, I want some chocolate. And he's like, are you sure you want to get back on chocolate? <laughs> it's like, I want my chocolate. <laughs> but anyway, so we walk around the corner. We walk up the stairs, and um, I'm going to go to this one. Did you take that video off? Oh, he has it. Okay, great. Um, So every time I saw Mike Lindell on the TV with my pillow, I said, I got to contact him and let him know how great his pillow is. So little did I know, going upstairs to get my chocolate, there's Mike Lindell. And I said, There's Mike Lindell. He said, are you sure, what's Mike doing here, and I'm like, I know my pillow guy, it's Mike, (laughs) so I I go over to him, and I start telling him about my story, and and then Mike is like, going through his phone, I gotta show you me on crack, (laughs) I was like, you're not gonna see a picture of me on crack, I'm sorry, (laughs) so anyway, he gives me the picture, and I'm like, wow, it was horrible, but it's on the cover of his book now, but so, if you'll play that video of Mike Lindell, thank you. I've
4: heard that Pamela is at the National Prayer Breakfast. We share the story of drug addiction and human freedom to be with others. I realized that it was a divine appointment by God. He had brought us together to help others who struggle with drug addiction. Since then, I've heard all about Pamela's amazing one-on-one mentoring program for those in prison and those coming out of prison. This mentoring program is one of the best I ever seen, and that's why I've chosen a partner with Pamela and Life Changes Legacy. I'm endorsing the ICV3 program, and I encourage you to support this life-changing ministry as well. This is one of the best ministries ever. Ever?
8: Did you hear ever? (laughs) Yeah, that's what Mike says, even on his pillows the best pillow ever. <laughs> I was like, I like that. That's good, Mike. Yeah, I like it. So um, so Mike is our partner. He's using our workbooks. And we do have four workbooks, but it, it's really easier just to hold two. <laughs> but um, he's using his the workbooks in his Lindale Recovery Network. He's opening in January in Minnesota. So, yeah, they and they had stacks and stacks of books in their room that this licensed uh, counselor, she had gone through, and she says, I love your book. She said, it's got every model in it, and it's, it's got the word of God. And she says, we're using yours. I was like, awesome. So it was great. God's awesome. I, don't ever deny chocolate, okay? <laughs> so um, you visited me in prison. Now, this is a unique thing. So many people were like, I don't want to go into it prison and hear that door. Neither do I. (laughs) But the Lord made this program so easy that it's all done through email and video visit. You don't even have to mentor somebody inside the prison. You do it through your computer. And it's 30 minutes to an hour a week. It's so simple, isn't it? (laughs) My mentor is everywhere. But doesn't he say that? For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you visited me and you did it through your computer even, okay? (laughs) But how many times are we doing any of these? How about somebody on the street? Are you stopping? Are you saying, uh, they're just gonna buy drugs? So, if they go get a drink, I would get a drink if I was on the street. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> but I go and get food for them. I do. But I give them a dollar, I give them five dollars because I trust God has led me to that person. It is my duty to give them something. No matter what they do with it, it's their choice. And God knows my anointed dollar is going into their hands and it is going to infuse their bodies. I don't anoint myself every day in my hands to to not know That when I go and touch somebody the power of God lives in me and he's working through me I purposely go and touch children especially every day if I see a child and if I come up to you and I just say hey how are you today you know I'm thinking the power of God surging through me because you might need healing you might need deliverance you might need something I don't know what you need but he does and he's working through me and I purposely do that every day you got to do it on purpose you got to be on purpose be intentional about everything that you do so now I'm gonna tell you about the very biggest forgiving moment I told you about the list that I made of all the people right mostly guys well in the prostitution business drug business all of it um, I had a uh, my the business I had was a lot of wealthy men they flew in from other states too and um, that was just one period, but anyway, this one guy—he—he uh, he was just mean to people. I—I uh, I was at this party, this place, and—and um, and he was—he was ugly, he to people, and uh, he was a very wealthy man, but—and—and and all the women were getting rid of but—and he wanted me, and I said no. There's no amount of money that you could ever offer me because. You know, I didn't like his attitude, how he treated people, and I still had a heart for people, even though I was in sin. My soul was infected, y'all. I didn't know how to get out of that. These women and men in prison don't know how to get out of it. We have to be their hands and their feet and their love. If we want them to change, if we want our societies to change, 90% are coming out every year, y'all, 90%. Are we going to just let them come out and be the same person? Are we going to do something about it, really? So this one guy, he says, I'll have you. I'm gonna get you. I didn't really think much about it. And um, so I go to this person's house. I, I had this guy, he was like a big brother and he was kind of my bodyguard and he went everywhere with me. And so I go to this this house I was invited to and, um, I wake up and nobody's there. And I'm in a puddle and I'm like, what happened? And where's Jeff? And he's, you know, my big brother guy. And, and when I left and got in touch with him, or he called me and he says, I'll help you get him. I'm gonna help you get him. We're gonna chop his, and I was like, what happened? What happened? And he said, he came in, you're in the other room, he came in and gave the guy a lot of money, and um, six other guys walked in behind him, and they pushed everybody out of the door. And I said, yeah, I want to get him, <laughs> you know, I, and, and that was in my soul. That violation, that trauma, you know, I, I held that, and I had hatred because of that. I lived in that, and I didn't pray for that man but the Holy Spirit prayed for him on that piece of paper. When I was in prison and I was praying over it, the Lord gave me a vision of this man as a child. The man was being raped repeatedly. We don't know what all of these people that are creating all of these offenses, we don't really know what's happened in their soul in their life. We've gotta back up and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what happened to them? You know, this is not just about us. We're his extension, right? So I saw that and I started weeping for him. I started praying for his soul. And I get out. It was about three months later. I'm at a store and this man walks in front of me. And when he said, I've sought you out, You know, the whole memory, everything flashed before me, and I froze. But he started crying, and he said, I've come to Jesus, and I have to ask your forgiveness. It was my prayer, y'all. I know it. I know it was the prayer of putting my hands on that paper, and not even saying his name, but knowing his face, and praying for his salvation, and his healing, and his deliverance he came to Jesus are you praying for your enemies are you or are you asking God to curse them the curse is gonna come back on you stop cursing people then Jesus said father forgive them for they know not what they do what is this that's what he did he held his arms opened he said that for all of us and for them too for everybody for those who are doing the evil god says in proverbs he loves the evil and the just right aren't we supposed to be his love are we supposed to be his passion and his love to people are we supposed to pray for our enemies let's stop saying and let's do it forgiveness is a fragrance that the violet leaves on the hill that crushed it how many people have we crushed okay think about it how many words have pierced hearts of our families and we're carrying that in our souls are you ready to release it Is it time? It's time, y'all. You can't move forward in life. This is your night for the breakthrough. And it lives in you with one decision. It's up to you. Are you ready? This was my biggest challenge. It was the self forgiveness because of my children mainly, because it hurts. You know, to know I could have done so much better for my children. But he's forgiven me. I've had four boys by four different men. I gave up one for adoption at birth. Haven't ever seen him. Another one, I chose to sign him over at six years old. I breastfed him 13 months, but I didn't want his life to be bad. I wanted him to have a good life and I didn't trust myself. And that was 20 something years ago and I know he'll be back because I was weeping in the prison and I said, Lord, don't let my children turn out to be like me. Put forgiveness in their hearts. And he has, and the Lord, I said, Lord, speak to me. And I opened randomly in the word to Jeremiah thirty-one sixteen. It says, refrain your voice from weeping daughter, it says a lot of stuff. And then at the very end, it says, your children shall return to their own borders. I'm trusting my father, I'm trusting his word. They will return to their own borders. Most importantly, I want them to know him. I want them to know Jesus wherever they are. That's the most important border. So, you know, we can live in this invisible prison of unforgiveness and have sickness, have headaches, have different diseases and anger. I had anger. I had rejection issues. I had so many issues in the past 25 years. The Lord has just toilet paper sheets off just continuously, just, you know, but it's my choice. It's my decision and it's your decision. It's up to you to release the forgiveness, the unforgiveness and receive his forgiveness. But it's so hard to do of your will. Faith is the activating force of what we believe. What do you believe? What is your belief? That's really the question. You keeping the unforgiveness towards somebody that offended you, you're staying in a prison. You're not doing anything to them. But watch what happens when you step forward and you say, I release it to you, Lord. I release the unforgiveness. I can't do it anymore. I can't hold it. And it's up to you. And tonight's the night. I've had so many miracles in my life. And I know it's because of decision. It's because of making it on purpose, doing things every day on purpose. God gave me the, the time that I was going to give up the baby for adoption. And Chris was three years old and um, I wasn't getting child support for him. And I didn't want him to go through a bad life. I didn't want both of them to go through a bad life. and. So I make that decision. But while I was in prayer, all of a sudden, the walls opened up. I've been in prayer for hours and over an hour. But the wall opened up. All of a sudden, these sparks everywhere, little different color sparks everywhere. I rubbed my eyes because I thought, I've just been crying too long, right? But something led me to look to the left. It was a huge angel. One wing was bigger than a door. It was a veil on the face and I couldn't make out if it was male or female, but it didn't matter. It was a liquid love and peace that I knew I was making the right decision. I knew that I needed to give him up. There have been so many times I've seen in the spirit realm. I've seen the evil. I wasn't on drugs. I've seen a man transform right before my eyes into an evil spirit. There are so many people that are carrying the unforgiveness and it's a spirit. It is a spirit. Don't let it overtake you. Don't. It It will destroy every aspect of your life. I invite you, anyone here that has any unforgiveness, Stand up. Bring it to the cross. Bring it to the Lord. Don't hold on to it. It's going to destroy your life. We have to release today's the day, y'all. You want a breakthrough. You want your life different. An offense. The enemy comes in with a little offense. Somebody said something wrong to me. But it could be that you still have a wound and they scraped off a scab. And it's really you. It's time, y'all. We don't know What if Jesus comes back tomorrow and he says, but you have that unforgiveness we've got to deal with. Let's deal with it tonight. Lay it at the cross. Forgive the person and bless them so you'll be blessed. This is the time. So I invite you up. We're going to
5: pray. Let's stand to our feet all across the building, if you would. All across the room. I sense in my spirit such a breakthrough tonight. And I think we need to give a demonstration There's unforgiveness and you need to forgive. I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. This is not the baptismal part of it yet. We're just going to physically come to the altar right now. Just begin to make your way. I'm not going to plead. I'm not going to beg you. You've heard the proclamation, the declaration. The invitation is if you want your freedom. If you're wanting to let it go.
8: it down. Break down the walls, Lord. There are more people out there that have the unforgiveness and they're not releasing. And I say, come forth. Come forth. Now is the day for your release. Holy Spirit, come in. Clean out. Clean out the hearts. Come in with a fresh anointing, a fresh peace. Places, all those deep places, all those words release from your soul. Now I command all the deep places, the wounds, the enemies, traumas, the wounds come forth out into the abyss. Satan, you have no more right, you have no more authority. There's more than one person. Name them. Release from your soul. Come, Holy Spirit, fill those places right now with peace, with overflowing joy of freedom. Yes, freedom now. It's out of your soul. Don't listen to the enemy when he comes back and reminds you. Don't listen to it. It's a lie. It's out of your soul now. Say, Jesus, come in and fill those places. I trust you with every part of me, everything in me me and purge me if I've wronged anyone forgive me help me Lord to release immediately when someone offends me give me your eyes give me your heart let me know what they're going through let me pray for them, help me to remember that, Father. I rely on you, Holy Spirit, for every part of my life now. And I am free, say it, say it, proclaim it. You're free, the unforgiveness is gone, you are free hallelujah don't listen to the enemy okay it's gone you have the overwhelming joy in the lord you are free it's released you just said it and anytime any body offends you or anything comes up and, and reminds you or the person even comes back to offend you step back and say, no, that's been released from me. Keep reminding yourself. The Lord says we gotta remind ourselves of things, right? Remind yourself, no, that's released from me, Satan, that's a lie, I'm I'm not receiving that. And you've gotta learn how to not receive things, okay? Because the enemy's gonna work through people. That's how he gets to people, he works through people. So say, I'm not receiving those words. When they told me I had hepatitis C in prison, I said, I don't receive those words. I don't receive those words and the doctor said, well, I don't care if you receive them or not, you have it. Because I you know, I was in the hospital with this uh, liver disease but they never told me it was hepatitis. And so I said, no, the word of God tells me I am healed. It tells me he died on the cross. And he's like, oh, you're one of these Jesus freaks and I said no no I had Jesus long before I came to prison praise God and um, so just before I had to take blood work before I got out every time I went I said I don't receive those words I don't receive it so this day I'm about to get out and they take the blood work the doctor opens up the file and he says, Something's wrong. I said, No, nothing's wrong. I said, It's not there. And so he orders another test, and they come back. It's the same thing. And he says, Looks like your Jesus healed you. Yes. <laughs> I said, I know my Jesus
5: healed
8: no, 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 me. Oh, <laughs>
5: Father, we thank you for being so good to us tonight. Yes. I, I, I sense remarkable freedom. I sense this remarkable release now here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do that are here at the front and then the rest of you that are behind in just a moment I think it is important and imperative that you seal your commitment and your decision of complete and total release and wash it in these baptismal waters I I, I really believe that is going to nail it, that is going to take it to another level in your life So maybe you said well I didn't come to prepare I prepared to be baptized we've got clothes for you we have your undergarments we have everything that you need we want you to come I knew in my knower when I talked to her that this moment was going to happen and we would see this kind of response if not even greater and more I knew this would be it it's breakthrough night you're going to release and forgive and be changed. Sickness is going to leave your body. The dysfunction in your home is going to leave. The generational curse is stopping with you tonight. It's all over tonight. All over tonight so if you're interested in being baptized tonight if you're wanting to come and get into these waters and to be cleansed and to meet jesus in the water i'm going to ask you to come up these steps tom and our team are going to take care of you If you'll come right now move all across the sanctuary all across the sanctuary and make your way we have two pools tonight we're going to expedite the baptisms It won't be late in the early it won't be in the early mornings i promise you Uh, It will be worth your wait, worth your time. Come right now. Let's rejoice as these are coming right now from all over the building. Rejoice with them. Encourage them. Encourage them in Jesus' name as they're coming. Yes, this is beautiful. This is wonderful. Come right now. Come. Come with your family. Come with your wife. Come with your children. Come. Come encounter him in the water tonight. It will be worth it, all of it every piece of it every experience every encounter with the lord in these waters tonight he is beautiful make sure that you share this link with all of your friends and families make sure that you do that what a powerful testimony would you let miss pamela know that you love her and appreciate her transparency tonight If you need prayer tonight, if you need prayer tonight. I'm going to ask our altar and usher teams to come and to stand here at the front. Those that have an altar badge, I need you to come and stand. We're going to be praying for people. If you want to come and be receive prayer, I want you to find one of our altar workers with a badge on. They're here to minister to you. So altar workers, would you please come? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Give us a few moments as we transition the baptismal service. One more time, let's give a hand clap of appreciation for Miss Pamela Hillman. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord as we're waiting. Let's worship the Lord.
9: Heaven, you'll come like a fly, like a fly.